G'day everybody, welcome to Wombat Radio. Today we're chilling at Tempe Jets in Tempe, which is a Brand X space that by the time you hear this may not be here anymore. Um, I'm going to let my guests introduce themselves. Hello, my name is Chami Din. I'm a dance artist based currently, well right now in Sydney, but sort of based between Sydney and Melbourne. Nice. Yeah. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> it's good to be here. Uh, what I like to start with is what are you doing? But I think I want to rephrase that slightly to be like, what is it that you, if you had to put into words what you're doing, what do you think that is? Mm. Like, what is the language around what you're doing? I think the language around it's probably all got synonyms of attempting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like this. And practicing yeah. and discovering of the inside of <laughs> my head, yeah. discovering the self and also uh, discovering how that can be in, uh, what's it, in um, Flow, like synonymous relation. with other oh. people's versions of uh, how they're going with mm-mm. moving through mm. life. Nice. Um, and hopefully finding a way to do that through moving, movement. Ish. Movement practices, maybe, but maybe not. Set choreography, improvised structures. Um, improvised structures, probably a bit of, you know, a similar interest in aesthetic, I suppose, but mm. also not because it's really great when people offer a different way of viewing. Obviously, that's interesting. <laughs> do, you, do you feel like you have an aesthetic that you're building since you started making your own stuff? Um... I suppose so, yeah, but I don't know how to what to what to what term to give it if it needed a term. What is the internal dialogue when you're improvising? It's funny because uh, I I feel like a bit of a bad dancer sometimes oh. in in the. Well, that well, means naughty. your training's been successful. <laughs> naughty dancer <laughs> in the fact that you know. I mean, it really depends what type of improvising you're doing. But if you, I feel like normally you, when you've set yourself some sort of task, it should have some sort of you know directive and then an idea of maybe potentially what it could be achieving. Mm. Um, so there's you know there's a thought pattern going on. But to me, I actually really just love improvising. That is really it doesn't have much thought and it's really driven by the body. Um, and which, so it's responsive to what has just happened and what could happen. Yeah, yeah. kinesthetic. Yeah, very yeah. much. Yeah. I feel like I do my best dancing when I'm not really thinking about it, <laughs> which, you know, probably lots of people are like, Trummy, what the fuck? Um, but d- but and do you feel like you have an outside eye so that you are instantaneously also choreographing the arc of your dance? Or do you feel like each is a moment of impulse that disintegrates? Um, I'd like to achieve both. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Because, yeah, I'm very aware. Yeah. Just, you know, authentic improvisation or um, authentic movement isn't always interesting at all. (laughs) Um, It needs composition and it needs the outside eye Mm. to be able to appreciate and see different things that could or could not be interesting. I've just kind of contradicted myself. (laughs) Yeah, great. That's great. That just means that it's not over yet. 
And there's more work to do, right? Yeah, still digging, still attempting. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I usually feel like I, if I've invited people to come and watch, then I now have a responsibility for their experience. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that I need to live up to an aesthetic or a, a, a deliverable, but it means that I need to consider why it is that they're there mm. and how it is that they're helping this thing become. Mm. And that's, my, that's just as much my responsibility as is my manoeuvres. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that it's for them. It's somehow still for the dance to become. Yeah, and just be. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting the role of um the role of audience in that way and how whether how well the importance of it because it is important no matter what, really. And, yeah, how if can something exist without audience? Mm. Like, yes, it can. We do it all the time. Yeah. When we're dancing alone or whatever. There's, but that audience is you, maybe, at the mm. same time mm-hmm. as being mm-hmm. the p- person, performer. Yeah. But you have inside knowledge when the audience is just you. Yeah, true. Maybe that's it's something. very different. Yeah, which is nice. What, how lovely. Or when you're dancing with long-term collaborators. Mm-hmm then you can do something that is in relationship to all the other things that they've seen before. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I wonder how, in a different lifetime, if I hadn't been interested in dance whatsoever, mm. somehow. How? <laughs> it's <laughs> so the best. I don't know how. But somehow if I hadn't and then found a way to, you know, you know, <laughs> go and see a performance of a friend of a friend or something. I wonder how I'd be affected by it and how I, and whether as an, as someone receiving the information that's being given to me, whether I would try and find meaning in it, in a narrative sense that, it, that I find a lot of, de- a lot of audiences who don't have a connection, who don't have a strong connection to mm. art in general, maybe, but particularly contemporary dance, they find it really hard to not look for the narrative or look for meaning in symbolic ways because I guess as humans we all want to look for symbols to understand things but I like I when I go and see work I'm not often looking for to understand what's happening I would propose that there's a continuum from our standardized education system into pop culture of mm. enforcing a narrative yeah. so that there can be a correct interpretation. Yeah. And yeah, that that's, it's hard to that's the, that. yeah, like it's the same with a, a P Diddy song as it is with, <laughs> um, I mean, it's a little bit more self-explanatory <laughs> in a P Diddy song. My bitch is this and that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the, but, then there's tapering off in each medium or form or community that generates things for others to experience, Mm. whereby the less popular, less narrative things are still deeply loved and enjoyed, but they're not as commercially leveraged. Yeah. Um, It's a harder selling point. You can't really put it into the feeling or the... Yeah, hopefully... You can't because as soon as you do, you reduce it into language. And yeah. what do you what do you title a song that has no catch lyric hook? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, untitled number seventy three. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I fucking dig an untitled seventy three right yeah, now. <laughs> yes. Mm. Uh, so that could 
there could be something like that, whereas there's Jay-Z and there's The Next, and both of them make incredible music that moves me. Mm. But I understand that Jay-Z is really telling you a story. <laughs> yeah. And we have been trained to be more literate in that and more yeah. comfortable with that. Totally. Then, and the escapism of that than the introspection of staying with the trouble that the next gives you where they do some of the work and then you have to do some of the work. But that's also my favourite mode to be in as an audience is that I have to do some of the work with you Um, because if I don't have to do anything, I don't need to be there, which is what I thought about the Netflix My Octopus Teacher. (laughs) That everyone's like, oh, my God, you got to watch it. I watched it. I was like, this is basic as fuck. Yeah. And it's super, <laughs> it's like it doesn't need me here. That dude could have just had that experience with that octopus and then not invented a love story about it and put it on Netflix. Okay. That was my feeling. I didn't see it, but I heard that. So do you think that it wasn't actually that romantic and Netflix made it romantic? I think he had a life experience that was something for him (laughs) but in the framing and telling and editing of it yeah there was no room left for the audience to be needed to be witness to bear witness to that experience yeah okay unnecessary yeah which is hard right because when there's a choir the the good choirs are the ones that you want to sing along with not the ones that do the singing for you So it's all about being involved. I think it's about being engaged. Yeah, yeah. Having yeah, having a a role. Having a role. Yeah, you're like, hi, I'm here. My role is to eat this meal that you've cooked. Hi, I'm here. My role is to witness this event. Yeah. Which is exactly what I guess you get invited to a wedding to do. Yeah. So nice. And they ask you to witness this yeah, uh, this, this celebration. This synonym of, of attempt. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, attempting to live with yeah. each other. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. It's nice, isn't it, the idea of that? The idea of being asked to bear witness as a community. Yeah, yeah. that's really nice. Yeah. That's, yeah, sounds nice. <laughs> Nicer than the way that we normally put it, I guess. Or not normally put it, but it's just like marriage. Two people are getting married. <laughs> Full stop. <laughs> they're like, they're getting justified by God. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, and the state. They're signing some paperwork. Signing some papers. <laughs> um, tell me about when you were talking before about really enjoying your heels class. Ah, yes. I um, wondered if there was some more... Uh, specific language that could be used around loving commercial dance or wanting to be better at the dancing of it or things Um, like that yeah I I love how sort of easily readable the satisfying nature of hard-hitting commercial choreography can be and I feel like as a contemporary dance artist (laughs) that has moved through lots of like you know maybe the big C um (laughs) you know doing Cunningham with the big C and (laughs) that's big C energy um (laughs) doing that there's many ways to do contemporary dance obviously but I just I haven't done the like the hard-hitting version of it in a long time.
during COVID, we've been doing a lot more live streaming of classes, and we have mics that we need to use oh, and battery. the battery and just Ooh. like you know, it's a full-on Britney mic. It's really quite cute, actually. Um, I've got one of those for my phone calls when I'm in the car. Shut up. Yeah, it just folds down. <laughs> it's noise cancelling so no one can hear the cab uh, noise. It's for truckies, actually. Ah, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's good. It's <laughs> nice to know something's been made especially for the truckies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we know it's not salads. It's not like <laughs> no. roadhouse, get easy grab-and-go salads. Um, so I want to talk about, I want to maybe move the word from commercial dance to commercialized dance. Yes, fair, yep. Um, only because I think about it in the same way that I think about radio, and that radio is always radio, but you can commercialize it. For sure. By selling ads on it. And you can commercialize your own website, or yeah. your, your own bus, brand. or whatever, yeah. <clears throat> and that maybe there is nothing inherently commercial about any movement pathway but there is definitely something mm, more yeah. known like more easily known yeah some movement pathways and so i would say that ballet is as equally a commercialized dance form for sure even more so yeah because it's, it has institu- <laughs> like crazy it's institutionalized right yeah and like to say that money. Oh, one form not. is institutionalized and one form is commercial institutes a hierarchy, like a class hierarchy Mm. of profit motives, whereas actually they're both profit motives. Yeah. And, but, but they're also both colonizing people's bodies in different, mm, from a different, in, what do I mean? Like there's like a, there's a pseudo empowerment of being of embodying the sass mm. of a heels class mm-hmm. and so even though all training regimes are a kind of physical indoctrination you're also still an individual within it you know yeah. an army or a, a, a what, what a quarter ballet <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um and yeah so there's something about my one of my friends Nithya says a similar thing that you, who you know, yeah, yeah, you've worked with a yeah. similar thing about Bharatanatyam, yeah, is that it, it is just as an in, just as much an indoctrinating colonizers yep. movement. Um, I want to use a different word than doctrine because I just used directive. it. Directive. It's like a ah, maybe. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So all those things are super interesting to me. And I I would love to hear more about what you were saying before about when you're dancing and it is sensual, though not sexual. And you're having a sensual experience that is also part of the impulse and also part of the viewing. Yeah. Yeah, I think... um, I think some of that for me for the first time as a um, proper thought pattern that I really was aware of was when I... um, was doing a Gaga intensive in Israel. Um, after doing it a little bit at Strut here, then I went and did the like big old summer intensive in Tel Aviv. And for how long? Uh, four weeks, three weeks, or oh. something. Um, yeah, which is you know, of itself, like even separate to dancing every day. Like you're just spending time in Tel Aviv by the beach every damn day in the summer. It's gorgeous. Like. Okay course it's going to be a great time um but you know they speak so much about the pleasure 
mm. finding the pleasure in movement. And I think that helped unlock a, a more acute awareness of the sensations of what's happening in my body. I think I'm quite a sensation seeker anyway. Like I <laughs> I would love that as a hashtag or like a bumper sticker oh or something. God. Like sensation a seeker. Sensation <laughs> seeker. I truly am. Like I you know, I'll purposely make the my showers so hot and I hate putting the fan on because I love it being steamy. <laughs> you know, like I want to create that sensation and atmosphere for myself, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. ridiculous. So you seek it and then you savor it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm an indulgent little fuck, <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, Isn't that what hedonism is based upon? Yes, it's me. Oh. Um, but if you do it with style, then it's a career. Maybe. Well, with style and... Yeah. What, an integrity or a gender or something? <laughs> something that's believable for people to sh- throw their money at. Right. <laughs> well, I feel like Benji Ra does sensation with integrity. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. S- yeah, sensation I- is... So how do you seek it? How do you... Like, what are the context to set up in the dance... Uh, residency or studio or because I imagine you're by yourself often is that your preference or is that just fiscal um yeah I'd rather not be by myself oh amen I hate it who decided dancing by yourself was what dancing was about (laughs) yeah no it needs to be with people I hate being in the studio by myself I don't hate it sometimes it's necessary or like sometimes it's good but I like even during this like weird year, I've very much for a long time, I was like, no, nah, I'm not doing online classes. No, no fucking way. I don't want to be in my room by myself dancing. But so many people around in our world were doing that because like some people love it, which is awesome. Like cool. Great, 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 great. But I, yeah, not, nah, not for me. It's like for <laughs> Need me to be with other people when you go to Woolworths or Coles or whatever, not when you go to a supermarket and you see a pack of 50 croissants in the baker section, wrapped in plastic. Mm. And you think, how dare you call yourself a croissant? <laughs> yeah, like, you are nowhere near. Like, at best, you're a buttery roll. Yeah. But a croissant is like a flaky, fresh wonder. Delicious. And, and that's, in your mouth. it's like dancing with other people in a room towards something versus, like, oh, the camera's on while these other people are somewhere else also with their camera on. Mm. That's my, well, look, I never tried it, so I don't know. Mm. That's my prejudice. It was was still good. It was still good. But I just mean like, yeah, I'm not, I don't enjoy being by myself. Like whenever I've been in a studio by myself, I always go a bit crazy, get upset. And then someone comes in and I'm like, thank God you're here. (laughs) Like, thank God you're here. What do you get upset about? Um, Just feeling like it's not... I get upset. I just get frustrated. I think that maybe I can't see what's happening and I can't achieve what I want to be done with just my body because I'm inside it mm. as well. And I need. I like. Um. Yeah. I'm not. A, I'm just gonna say I'm a social person. I don't know how much of a social person I am, but I definitely like bouncing off other people. Like I need for somebody else to be in the room, even for me to just like spit shit at that maybe isn't that great just to just that I'm not spitting at a wall <laughs> maybe not spitting mm-hmm. um yeah 
I mean, being, but I think that's also a um, uh, a slight indication of my personal um, like nature that. I actually do need to find a better way to be my, by myself because <laughs> I can't. I I can be by myself a little bit, I guess. But yeah, when it comes to creating, I don't like being by myself for too long. I think the only reason that we're we convince ourselves that we need to learn how to be better by alone and be better creating alone is because we're constantly finding ourselves in underfunded opportunities <laughs> that can only barely support being alone. Mm. And I think if that wasn't around, then like noise cancelling headphones didn't exist until the plane was noisy, <laughs> yeah. for example. Uh, and so there was a problem and then we got told that we had to be better to deal with the problem. Mm. And so I would say I would backtrack and probably propose that that not being not being able to flourish by yourself is not the problem. Yeah. That is I wholeheartedly agree with that. Do you have an agenda in your making? We where that is maybe isn't fully formed yet, but it's like I want people to smash these two things together or so one of my agendas when i'm making is it would i know when i've gone too far with a movement or whatever is when the when the body stops being seen and read as a person then i know that that's not for me that's not what i'm trying to make because i always want the viewers to see us as people Mm -hmm. never as creatures or machines or yeah anything like that Um, i want them to project themselves into us and then vicariously experience our sensual journey like pick one of us and that's your avatar for this show yeah 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 (laughs) um or it might be i mean i went through vca much earlier than you did uh, about a decade and there was no discussion at that time of who was on stage and what that represented and all that sort of thing. And so there was, that was also very freeing because for, because it meant that all you had to worry about was not being able to lift your leg high or do a spin or whatever. Yeah. You didn't have to also worry about performing your political position yeah. when you're only 17 and don't know what that is yet. <laughs> yeah. I feel you. Um, and none of us were ever put in a position where we were representing an entire culture or race or background or anything like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, I think my agenda for... for audiences experience is just that they are potentially able to or like I want to create something that is perhaps different to a known version of what they think maybe movement or dance can be Mm. and that uh, 
similar to you in the understanding that who and what they're seeing in front of them is is just another human, another version of themselves. Mm. Maybe not themselves, but just absolutely a human like a thing. A kick-ass version. A, a kick-ass. <laughs> like highly trained. Super agile. <laughs> um, really. Inspiration. In- <laughs> a very highly intellectual mover um, in front of them. But is essentially just like that. Yeah, something... I'd like the idea I like the idea of being able to help audiences remember how human they are mm. in the with the like primal um primal like intent to connect through movement or mm. to be maybe not to connect but to express mm. And to feel and experience in, in like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether that's actually something I'd like to achieve with every work I make. That sounds a bit, because um, it sounds like it's more particular to a particular show or a particular idea. Some things yeah, don't need yeah, to do that yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have a wish for lots of people to be able to understand how to feel good in their body. Mm. I feel like so many people don't feel good in their body. And it's... Do you? Sometimes. <laughs> it sometimes answer. feel great uh, in my aspiring body. Aspiring to, attempting to, <laughs> synonyms of trying. <laughs> synonyms of trying to feel good. Because it <laughs> is difficult to feel... Because we're not taught to feel good in our bodies. I feel... I feel. <laughs> I feel, feel, feel. Yeah. I, I think that... Uh, dance loosens people up it loosens up your expectations of what our bodies are meant to do or Mm. how they're supposed to work Mm. and gives you an opportunity to you know relax the back of your head relax your jaw like think about your sits bones widening and your feet further into the ground like people don't think about that ever really in some people go through their life without ever thinking about those things and that feels i feel somewhat sad to know that people won't feel the the incredible calmness and groundedness that can overcome your entire body and your emotional self when you can connect to your sensations. Mm. <laughs> and yeah, I, I think as in connection to me talking about being a sensation seeker or whatever, like yeah. I'm such a with dance in terms of not, sometimes improvising and not thinking about anything is a pathway to, you know, I mean, this happens in religion. Like it's it's a pathway to like euphoria, like a a state of ecstasy in, in through just through feeling and sensation. I sound like a, like a really, I don't know. Passionate, (laughs) uh, highly intellectually trained, (laughs) physicalized, human (laughs) maybe (laughs) but i yeah it just yeah that definitely is the sensation seeker part of me i like to be able to feel free in the body in that way because then i guess that unlocks a freeing of the mind because maybe actually i don't i'm getting real personal right now but i feel like maybe for me i find it hard to in uh mentally find the correct pathways to unlock insecurity and lack of 
direction or confidence or I don't know, maybe all the bad things that mentally we freak out about, but I can find a way to feel relaxed about those things through moving, which I suppose is why dance is good for me and why it's in my life. <laughs> Cause you know, sometimes you're like, why am I doing this? <laughs> <laughs> I think um, my answer to that is because I, ha- I must, I must. Yeah. Also, um, my answer as a teenager was that it was the only thing that um, comprehensively demanded all aspects of me that I was capable of, and that I didn't have to go and do some other hobby to round out. Did you have other hobbies? I have hobbies now. (laughs) (laughs) Now that I'm a fully grown up. Yeah, exactly. Now that I'm grown up. Uh... But you know that you want to move and you want to be physical, but you want to think and you want to be Mm. um, engaged in the progression of that discourse and then you want to do it with other people, but then you want to be part of a community and a lineage. Mm. And most things that you can ask people to pay you for do one of those things and you have to find a hobby to do the other side. There's not a lot of thinking moving. But then also working towards a, a project with a group of people is suits my personality as well. It's a really nice way to put it about it. Um, it does achieve... It t- ticks a lot of boxes. Yeah, well, I would maybe flip it and say it demands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because otherwise it's work. And, well, I guess... Well, it's still work is for it to be work is still good, but otherwise it is um, too trying Mm, in mm, not a good way. mm, Trying mm. can still be good, I guess. Can you tell me about some people that you are inspired by, or some work that you're inspired by, or some things where you're like, "Wow, I don't even like that," but that was the best version of that that I've ever seen. (laughs) Is another one. Or just some, like, I was reading uh, an interview by Nithya the other day and yeah. just the fire that came through yeah. when she's answering questions. I was like, oh, oh. Yeah. Where you can tell that the reason that that fire, that, f- that that fire is not a static electricity burst in all directions of passion, that it's a very laser-focused, yeah. educated, embodied yeah position mm. that she is moving forward from yeah and i was like mm, okay that's another <laughs> standard to hold myself to yes yes when i first met nithya in the flesh i was like you're a mate yeah she is um an incredible like force i feel mm. like she's a force um to be you know to sidle alongside mm. <laughs> I think the same about Brianna when I see her improvising on stage. Yeah. I was like, there's no, there's no better word for you, Brianna, mm. but a force. Yeah, okay, she is You incredible. can't keep stealing my Okay, sorry, sorry, so sorry. <laughs> they are very... Okay, okay, okay. Um, but you picked some good ones. Oh, yeah. Well, I think about it <sighs> because it's nice to know that it's possible. Hmm. Hmm. And because being inspired is a form of nourishment that I've realized that I require. Yeah, absolutely. To keep the faith. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> hmm. 
I, I feel so taken by so many people, mm. really. It's hard to think about... Um, I guess I find I'm finding it... So I shouldn't find this a hard thing to answer, but I am... I haven't ever really been one of a person to like live life by or not live life by but like like or to have a favorite quote or a favorite motto yeah, or yeah, yeah, I've yeah. never really fangirled over anyone. Oh, I fangirl. I'm wearing a Corinne t-shirt right now because <laughs> well, I fangirl hard over that. Is cool. Her work. Um, <laughs> they yeah I don't know but uh, you could even say oh yeah the movie Interstellar. Bang and soundtrack, loved Bang that. Soundtrack. Well, actually, <laughs> I hated it. Fucking no. loved um, watching Succession this year. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> that's been a random thing. I don't know how inspirational it was, but I think it's maybe the best TV show I've watched this year. Um, which is what was the best about it? Because it's just it's quite. Um, have you seen it? No. It's quite. Uh, dry and dark and it's quite shakespearean things actually. that you aspire to no <laughs> well because it's really yeah i don't know it's actually it's a really powerful american family that own a bunch of like media things and oh, yeah, yeah. the ma- the patriarch is basically deciding which of his children he's going to pass it down to oh, yeah. and it's all the kids fighting over it basically wow um so it's very manipulative oh it's just it's completely like the opposite of who i am <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Maybe so that's why I'm like, God, so yeah, so damn interesting. It's like it's a perverse window into that world. Mm. Mm. Um but as but as maybe okay, I'll go back. I really um am at the moment inspired by or really maybe I'm fangirling a bit over Mel Lane at the moment. Um because I she in her work and also as a mover, she has such strength, um, but strength doesn't isn't the right word either. It's like, um, I just want to say boss. She's just such a boss. And I think it's really empower. I find it empowering watching her move because she seems to inhabits su- uh, pe- shoredness or something. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, I like how that comes through in her work as well. Um, yeah. I think I, because I am aspiring to, I guess, at the moment, a little bit. <laughs> I guess wow. as if that was so non-committal. That is also yeah. classic me, so non-committal. Yeah, yeah, um, it's quite revealing. But um, I'd like to be seen. Oh, I'd like to inhabit more toughness because I feel like I'm often seen as a young. I, I guess I am still. Yeah, I'm 27 next week. I feel like that's oh, yeah. not that young. Congratulations. Um, thank you. I've almost made it to the rock star year. Um, that I feel like. Yeah, I, I present quite young. I seem like a younger, cutier version of a human. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't... Human. You're like, I'm a human. <laughs> I'm just a... And I just want to want to move or lean into the 
tougher boss versions of myself or what's on the inside or what is here on mm. in this encased in this skin <laughs> um and at the moment i see mel <laughs> as as the as a version of what i would like to ignite mm. somewhat um and do you think that gets some airtime when you're dancing do you think there's more room for a boss to come out for sure yeah absolutely how do you do that um like what are the parameters or what's the structure or what's the i think costume (laughs) (laughs) what works i think it's at the moment um got to do with uh like timing and um dynamic a bit like i or um holding holding tension in a a still way Mm. because i i I think i often like lucy even was saying to me the other day she was like you just move you just keep going and going and going and going she's like your engine doesn't really stop like you need to stop sometimes (laughs) like calm down um which yeah i do because you can harness so much uh, power and movement and subtlety in stopping. Well, not stopping, but in um, gathering. Mm, gathering. Yeah. Mm. That's another synonym for, for attempting oh, and really? trying. I don't know. Mm. I'm, I'm saying it is. <laughs> <laughs> According to my thesaurus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thesaurus of me. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I like to think about becoming. Mm. And I guess gathering. So you go. I was just thinking, um, I saw Sydney Dance Company PPY the other night and um, they did an excerpt of one of Raf's works as one of the pieces that they did for their grad season and it just made me think like that was one of the first things that inspired me to really follow dance was when I saw We Unfold, I think, um, in uh, maybe 2000, I don't know, 9, 10, something like that. Um, and I was like, fuck, these dancers are so amazing. They're absolute machines in a non-machine, in still in a human way. <laughs> well, <laughs> not, sometimes, not, maybe. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> it's um, pretty dehumanizing. Mm, well, I was, at that time, I was like, this is amazing. This <laughs> is the best stuff. This is the sickest thing I've ever seen. I can't wait to. And did you think the same thing when you saw like it this? not on the company dancers? Um... No, but that oh, not because of them, also because of me and where I am Maybe. now, ten years after. Um, but I tend to think that most things are a lot about the execution of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, the execution of seeing um, or seeing it the other night, I was. Um, it was more. I was like, oh yeah, I love. Oh, it's going to sound. Yeah, I don't it. mean for we this to sound bad, but no, just, um, I was like, yes, cannons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But actually I was like, fuck yes, cannons. This is, I forgot. I, I hadn't, I've never seen, <laughs> I forgot about cannons. No, not even that, but just like, I haven't seen that work six breaths. And I was like, wow, I just, it's, it's so, it's such a visual, um, it kind of feels like watching it was like, which I guess is what makes it so popular for, I would say, like, I'd say Sydney Dance Company has a pretty broad, broadish audience. Mm, I don't know. 
anyway, what I'm trying to say is watching it was quite kaleidoscopic, like the, oh. the way things were moving in and out of, mm. because of the cannons and the mm. way um, it moves through, like it, like that makes, yeah, yeah. it's quite interesting in that way that it, it does that, but then it does that over and over again, which can get boring. What are you going to do with 20 dancers? You mm. need to do something. Yeah, and that's what looks good. <laughs> It yeah, does. and then and then that's what looks good in the Olympics opening ceremonies as well, right? <laughs> um, with twenty thousand, twenty thousand, yes. But you oh. put cannons in your work, yeah? Fuck yeah! Well, I mean, I ha- I haven't for a long time, <laughs> but I I'm not averse to it. It's hard to, to cannon it. with one, right? Uh, yes, I'm not averse to a cannon, but I I yeah, I'm not averse to a cannon, but I love unison dancing. Hmm. I love it. Why? Tell me about it. It's satisfying to see people execute things at the same time, which is kind of why I guess I was like, yeah, cannons, because, you know, four dancers at the same time are executing the one section of the cannon, and then the other four, 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 uh, four, four. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, you know, and there's it's a, a setting on your mouse where you can have a trail. No. So it's like your mouse is always in canon. Yeah. So as you move it across the screen, there's like a dick, 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 yeah, yeah, many yeah, yeah. marks behind it, then it catches up to itself. Do you know how many how many times Depends it gets to? Depends how fast to? you move it. Okay. Um, but it's more it's more like a slinky version of a canon rather than. Um, but do you get the same satisfaction from CGI, uh, like? Kung Fu Panda, where they're all dancing in unison, or um, <laughs> things like that, where it's like computer, they can be perfect unison because they actually are copies of each other. Yeah. Um, or Naruto, when he like splits out into being many versions of himself, or like Agent Smith from Matrix 2 or 3 or something, where it's like a hundred of yeah, Agent Smith. Yeah. Do you get the same satisfaction? Um, in not the same, but I still have a deep appreciation for it. Mm, I'm still nice. like, yes, that is that's still satisfying to see, and it's great. But unison in live performance is awesome because it's about connection mm. between bodies and a, an understanding that is. I don't feel like I can often, or I don't even find satisfaction in other people's explanation of what it is when we understand each other through, when we understand and move mm. in a in a space together mm. in unison or in um, harmony through, I don't know, energies and not talking about it and not intellectualizing how we're going to do it and it just happens. What about in ceremonies? Like everyone walks forward together and down the church aisle or whatever. Mm. And there's the dude in his purple robe, and then the other, and they're all doing the same moves, walking the same speed. Mm. Or like Anzac Day parade, and they all walk at the same yeah, speed up to the flag, yeah. and, and everyone turns at the same time. I think that's what makes religion sometimes, or like um, ceremony, so addictive, mm. or so. Um, what sells it is because it... <laughs> what commercializes it. <laughs> yeah, actually, though, yeah. is because it is uh, it is satisfying to see and to be with humans in in unison <laughs> or, like, to, at the same time doing yeah. the same thing because yeah. you're sharing, like, all we want to do is, is, you know... Give ourselves over to rapture. <laughs> kind of, or to be accepted by others and to feel like you belong somewhere. Yeah. And that... Um, that can happen in a dance room when you're with someone else and connecting, or that can happen if you're a little kid that goes to church and loves all the singing and is like, wow, this is such an amazing way to connect with people. Mm. And that actually maybe you're more connected to 
other people connecting together and somewhat believing in something rather than actually believing in the thing. Mm, mm, mm. Mm-hmm. So maybe we don't even like dance. We just like being with other people dancing. Kind of, yeah. Mm. But, yeah, yeah, definitely that. But also. But also. <laughs> but also. Dance is awesome. Dance is awesome. Yeah. It's nice to talk about, actually. Because I feel like, you know, sometimes when you hang out with dancers, it's like we all know it. We all share it, but we don't always talk about it. Depends which dancers you hang out with. Yeah, true. It takes a long time to find your people, mm. was my experience. And I also felt like it took a few years after finishing VCA to learn how to dance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you take, did you have any time after finishing where you just sort of stopped? I, I no, I mean, some people say holiday and some people say unemployed mm. and it's the same thing, right? Yeah. Uh, I finished the end of year performance season on like the Saturday mm. and then flew up to Sydney to start a oh. show on the Monday for someone, a choreographer up here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I was like, made it. This is it. You just need <laughs> to get one job, done, right? Tick. And then I was unemployed for a year after that development. Yeah. And oh. then we performed Sydney Festival, Melbourne Festival. And I was like, all right, people have seen me now. I'm done. I'm tick. done. <laughs> and that was not true. Yeah. And I was like, but I did really well. Mm. And uh, so what was the question? Um, just whether you took time away from dancing. No, I did not take you, time. You did keep but going. I it was given to me. It was yeah. thrust <laughs> upon me. Yeah, sorry. In boundless ways. Yeah. But what that meant is that I made a decision about where to aim and mm. I through Becky Hilton I oh. found out about um, Gavin and Grayson and their work up at Townsville and so yeah. I aimed there and then I danced for them for for Gavin's Dance North for a cool. couple of months and did a performance with them and what was Becky's connection with them? Becky was Becky was on a panel okay. of Osco okay. back when people mailed in VHS. Oh my god. And Wow Becky was like Where are you going, Matt? What are you gonna do? Because <laughs> she knows that I'm well, I guess she knows people who dance a certain way that yeah, is yeah, very yeah. good but is not versatile. And so you're, it's about being appropriate to your context. Yeah. And a lot of people gave me the bum steer thinking that I should do ADT, which I was like, but that's ballet, but hard. <laughs> and I don't like dancing painfully, and I don't <laughs> like dancing ballet. Um, um, and so Becky was like, check out this video, this VHS that I swiped. No, <laughs> Becky! Queen and, Becky yeah. Hilton. And so she set up my whole career in that way. Where I was like, holy shit, these, there are men th- with mass flinging themselves through space and with each other yeah. in a way that seems like with kung fu accuracy <laughs> yeah. and precision and intent, mm. not with reckless abandon. Mm. There's a moment of reckless abandon and, and then, then there's it, it brings solves, it back and yeah. you're like, Ugh! Anyway, so... That's how I knew that it existed. And so I aimed Thanks, at that. Becky. Because I also thought, this is the only thing in Australia for me. And if this is not the thing, then I have to go looking somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Mm. Because it would have been a waste of time to, like... Yep. To... to Search for it here. To, to, to... Like, what do I mean? 
a waste of time to go looking for like a barn me at an ice cream parlor. <laughs> yeah. Or or be like a barn me salesman, being like, I've got the freshest buns. <laughs> like, yeah, we don't do buns. We don't here. do that. We yeah, don't need yep. your buns. We don't need that barn me. <laughs> And you're like, don't you ever say those words. I love the barn me. <laughs> Same. Um, Same. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't know what we're talking about. I w- yeah, w- um, I was curious to know, yeah, just whether you had stopped at all. Because I think in oh, terms of like learning right. how to dance again when we left VCA or when we left training. So I, but I also did that show with this other choreographer in Sydney Festival, Melbourne Festival, and I still felt like I was executing movements but not i did not feel like i was dancing yet yeah and then through my time at dance north i felt like i learned how my body can dance and what it can offer Mm. and then what it can offer back to me and then what i can bring out of it and then that has continued into the projects that i work on now that are almost always about dancing not about dance as a canon of form (laughs) (laughs) because because the dance should be should spring from the dancing bodies that are in the room making it is is another agenda of mine and the context that they come from and the context that they're presenting it in yeah and the working conditions yeah but it's really helped if you're inspired by your team yeah and then you put good music on and then that's most of the most of it done right yeah. then you dance and you pick your favorite bits and then you try and increase the signal to noise ratio so you can get rid of the shit and then just keep the good <laughs> and then you step back and you're like i wonder what this is yeah yeah it's just editing until you find something yeah nice yeah any other gems like that for you like any other mic drop <laughs> one liners boom um no, I'll. They'll come to you. Maybe in another tomorrow. Day. Yeah. <laughs> Next year. Next year, I'll, let, I'll call you up. Um. Mm. What is your biggest hope for the effort of being embodied and finding the boss and letting her shine through and um getting the resources to bring other people into the room with you and then inviting audience to witness that and and maintaining and building and extending the physical mm, intelligence and joy and savoring the sensations and seeking them. I hope that um, all of those things can lead towards helping people on their journey to be a little bit more empathetic with each other <laughs> just in general seems a bit broad but um i think that dance for me especially as an art form in comparison to other art forms maybe that's not i don't i'm not going to stand by what i'm saying here right now because i (laughs) I don't know how exactly whether this is 100 percent what i mean but um that yeah dance is such a i think i mean not only dance in the frame of performance or work that you're seeing but something to be experienced like if we had more children dancing 
yeah. rather than as a noun yeah. to be defended or something. Mm, yeah. That dance, if it were more included in everybody's lives, everybody would be a better person. I, just, <laughs> I feel I sound like uh, Tyra Banks in that funny movie where she's a Barbie. Uh, but um, yeah. what's that called? Life uh, Sizes? Oh, no. Uh, anyway, I feel like <laughs> I sound like a pageant person. <laughs> I, I wish that everybody <laughs> just could be dancing. <laughs> uh, what pageant would you win? Um... Oh, uh, I don't have the answer to that, but I saw a, um, I think it was part of Miss Universe pageant mm. a few years ago. Mm. I think it was Miss Universe mm. and Miss Vietnam. Um, you know how everyone has a costume. They come out in like some ridiculous costume. Her costume was a barn me. She was a barn me. It was fucking incredible. And I was like, this is my vibe for 2018, I think. I just saw that photo and I was like, yes, I want to wow. be the barn me Miss Universe Vietnam wow. lady. It was incredible. So that's what I'm talking about when I asked about inspiration. <laughs> like yeah, that obviously resonated with you. It did. Why? Um, because I love Bun Me. It's mm. the best. It's a really outrageous, hilarious costume. Like it's super. It's just so, yeah, so outrageous. And I, I think I was at that time. I was a bit more like I need to get more in touch with my Vietnamese um, heritage. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. That's a nice way in. Yeah, barn me. <laughs> a ridiculous <laughs> barn me outfit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Do you still feel that way? Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a... Um, like it's an obligation or like it's an untapped potential resource. Yeah, it's uh, both, uh. <laughs> I think. Um, my... I... Yeah. For dancing or, or for, for Personally. Beyond, uh, and yeah. I think also for dancing though, like I've been interested in like my, so my dad's Vietnamese, my mum's English and she, when they were, I don't know, maybe in the early years of their marriage when they moved to, so they met in New Zealand, when they moved to Australia, mum became part of this like Vietnamese women's group or something and they did sword dancing like Vietnamese sword dancing. Your mom does sword dancing. Yeah, well she what did a boss. back in the day, and I, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure whether it's strictly Vietnamese. It might be a Vietnamese Chinese thing, or a ch- more a Chinese thing that Vietnamese took. I don't know, but it's anyway. It sounds cool as, and I'm I, because it's you know a version of dancing. I'm like I want to discover what that is and try and do some of that um, as a maybe because that can be a way in for me because my I've never been to Vietnam. Um, with my family. I was there on a like, 10-hour stopover, ran around Benton Markets, and that was about it. Um, but I... Yeah, I... I don't speak Vietnamese, really. I can say like a few simple words with a really bad accent. Um, Australian accent. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, and, yeah. And so... Yeah, discovering a way to... It's interesting because there's, you know, there's part of me that wants to dig further into trying to see like what the Vietnamese part of me is, even though it is here already, it exists. It's not like I need to look for anything in particular. Like I think I need to let go of the idea of, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, I can't, you know, I need to, go, you know, not the idea of like I need to go to Vietnam and find myself because that's not going to happen, and I don't need. To, that's an unnecessary thing to do because that's, you know, my. I'm really going down a bit of a rabbit hole here, sorry. But, I um, love them. Yeah, I... Goanna holes in Australia. <laughs> Goanna hole. Um, it's... Yeah, 
it's a journey to un- it's definitely something to unpack more for myself because I think I used to be like I used to think that it was the responsibility of my dad to show me how to be Vietnamese <laughs> basically or because um, he used to teach us Vietnamese on the way to school and we had lots of Vietnamese food growing up but we never really you know we never really went to Vietnamese school to like properly learn Vietnamese and yeah I feel like I've missed out on some of the intense cultural things that could make me feel more connected to it but at the same time I there there are those things somewhere in here already like that lay slightly dormant that are a bit more connected to religion so my family are Buddhist um and like I have you know like incense is a very is something for me that I find connects me to being Vietnamese or sandalwood fragrance especially because my sister's name is Trong Hung and that literally means sandalwood fragrance. So it's a very special Vietnamese name. Everyone that meets her is like, oh my God. <laughs> and then they hear my name's Trummy and they're like, oh yeah, that's all right. <laughs> um, but yeah, everyone dotes over her name because it's beautiful and it's so special in that, in that culture. Um, yeah. Anyway. So. Yeah, maybe sword dancing's my next work <laughs> in a way because that's pretty boss swords <laughs> swords in general yeah. have you had these conversations with um tor because you've worked for tor right? yeah yeah a l- um a little bit not entirely actually but yeah we have something yeah we share basically the same thing Mm -hmm. in 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 that like you know yeah her whole work do you speak chinese we've spoken about we haven't spoken in depth about it Mm. i'd like to because i just thought it might have been some of the studio um tasks or efforts or discussions or something Mm. yeah not in not entirely Yeah, but something that's nice about what she does is, and something that I find does that makes something that does make me feel extremely Vietnamese is my idea of something that is actually maybe it's not actually that healthy (laughs) in terms of like it's a slightly toxic is the hierarchy of family Mm -hmm. and the importance of. Um, acknowledging and celebrating and revering, I guess, your ancestors. Mm. That might, like, I have, I definitely have quite a strong sense or feeling of the idea of duty towards my parents, mm. especially my dad and his mm-hmm. family, which is sometimes not good. <laughs> um, and but is that duty clear? Do you know what that duty is or is it just a vague sense of duty? Uh, it's it's quite clear, but then because the family is also still like quite, pro- you know, semi-progressive and like semi-modern, they're not like steeped in like you must do this or you must do that or anything. So it is still sort of like, oh, you can do this because that's how we have done it and that would be good, but also you don't have to. <laughs> um, yeah, but that I think tours thing where she was looking at her grandmother or stuff can't remember a work mm. a little while ago mm. i was like yeah i feel a lot of um 
I've been taught so much my whole life how important my ancestors are mm. and that we come from them and that I am, we are them. I think that's what used to confuse me a few years ago in Melbourne when I felt like I didn't really know who I was. I was like, if, if I am all my ancestors, then who am I? <laughs> Where am I inside this body full of such a long line of humans before me? Mm. Where the hell do I sit? Mm until I'm dead and an ancestor in someone else. Like, mm. other than that, where am I? <laughs> and did you come to any realizations or further questions or embodiments? or? Um, not entirely. Not, not, I don't have an answer, I don't think, entirely. But, um, like, lately, in terms of the idea of trying to be boss and tough and... <laughs> whatever i look at my both my grandmas both my grandmothers are like my dad's mum was a fire dragon lady you know she was like a dragon mama she was so intense and she was incredible like such a tough badass woman but also like you know some of her um some of the ways that she was were like i don't know i can't really agree with in you know very hierarchical extremely classist really um mm -hmm. but that's steeped in the way that she was brought up and unfortunately was yeah anyway so yeah just an incredible very family oriented like she's like a mate she's like you know um animal kingdom <laughs> She's not like that, but, she, you know, that idea of that strong matriarch was mm. her. And then my other grandma is uh, English sweet tea rose version of that. Like, she's very um, but, just diplomatic and but very... But still with expectations. Yeah, oh, not huge expectations. Oh, sorry, rig... rig. Um, just bit, um, just very... She's so well respected in the family and so... I mean, most people respect their grandmas. Well, you'd hope but, so, but... Um, hmm. She is... Yeah, they're both tough. They both lost their parents quite young mm. um, and then forged ahead. And I think that's why they put so much importance or like they, they family is so important to them. It sounds like a silly thing to say what I'm saying because obviously family is important to so many people, obviously. Uh, so is dancing <laughs> and we're still going to talk about dancing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm trying to harness... I mean, my English grandmother is still around, but to harness some of her energy and also the fire in my banoi that, yeah, isn't here anymore, but mm. I feel her mm. here. So it seems like there's two, because we're in a lineage, there is who are you in relation to what you have inherited, mm. and then there's who are you to those who will inherit you. Mm. Maybe we don't have to worry about the second one yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I guess at least that feels like you have you have more agency within what you want to offer. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's also interesting the idea of um, acknowledging, noticing what has come before and mm. seeing, you know, doing the good old editing process and taking the good of what you find good out of who yeah, you yeah. see. It's nostalgia. Yeah. But like, you know, it's like growing up and realizing that your parents are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> like eventually, you know. Eventually, you, yeah. It's a rite of passage. Yeah, like, and the same thing with you, you know, these beautiful women that I'm talking about. I'm sure there's lots of stories that 
make that you know you could tell about them that aren't that don't put them in the greatest light just like all of us we all have shit things um <laughs> i've just been talking them up and now i'm dissing them um but yeah mm-hmm. yeah and choosing that idea of choosing what can help what do you want from what you are to be inherited by the people that come after you like, I guess that's why you have to be a boss, right? Yeah, that's so why i got to be a like boss. So they can be <laughs> bosses too. My little bosses. <laughs> um, but it's the way that it's done. And... Mm. I think the reason why I'm obsessed with this idea of trying to be more boss or tough, which is so anti-tough and boss, to have the... To have the One day I'll be know, tough. I, <laughs> I would like to be tough. My New Year's resolution is to be tough. <laughs> you heard it here first, 2021. <laughs> oh, God. I'm so lame. Do you have um, other New Year's resolutions? Mm, uh, it's, it's a while, yeah. You can no, but I think that is like is la- as lame as it is. It is like I do have a, resu- a a um a desire to be more sure and boss and I don't know. I feel like I have I'm quite a people pleaser person, and that is detrimental sometimes. There's, there's like an agreeability disagreeability scale mm. where if you're too far down one end you can't stand up for yourself yeah if you're too far down the other end nobody wants to be around you yeah well i think i'm too agreeable i i and i just would like to it's probably not your fault (laughs) well yeah i think i'm a bit too agreeable too too worried about like calming situations down or and like or yeah i don't know does that do you have a lot of experience with volatile situations that would have led to the desire to instantly diffuse any kind of challenge maybe like you know just as a child seeing your parents argue i used to get in the middle of my parents quite a bit (laughs) that sounds pretty boss um so yeah oh i know i think also as like a uh, precocious teenager was like i know my parents like look at them fighting they're so stupid i'll sort it out like <laughs> I um yeah so that that's dumb um <laughs> that was a bit dumb as a young t- as a teenager um oh, lucky doing dumb things is behind us yeah well, yeah we'll never do dumb things again no <laughs> no more dumb things um yeah so I think I definitely I had a tendency to just want to like calm people down or like whenever yeah people start like sort of it's like I don't even like when people have heated discussions I get well, not so much anymore, but I used to get like, I'd be like, everybody chill, chill, chill. <laughs> but it's like, we don't need to chill. We can have yeah. a heated discussion. No, I think I can empathize with you in so far as when I saw PPY the other night and there was the scene, the the piece by um, <clears throat> Jess Goodfellow. Yes, yep. And that dude was having all these emotions and mm. was having a, a yeah, yeah. frustrated outburst. Yeah. I felt like, oh, no, this needs a trigger warning. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I'm I'm being affected in a way that's like like PTSD ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I don't think, whereas other people would not be. They would just be like, oh yeah, this is the script or whatever. Mm. Um, I don't know what yeah, that was yeah. in response to. No, I'm diffusing stuff. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. I remember diffusing something once between a mate of mine and a cashier. <laughs> and then after we walked out, my mate was like, don't you ever undercut me like that again. I was like, what do you mean? I was just diffusing. He's like, no, no, I was standing up for myself. Oh, no. I was like, ah, fuck, okay. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. <fuck. laughs> yeah. I was like, let's chill. No, I tried to diffuse that. <laughs> chill, chill, chill. Chill. <laughs> oh, no. So I'm trying to... Maybe that's part of being a boss as well, is to to be able to read, to to let yeah. a confrontation if, um, be productive, yeah. rather than to run from it. Yeah, it is one of my New Year's resolutions as well. Mm. But I'd rather just not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I actually was saying to my boyfriend the other day. I can't remember how it came up, but I had this. Um, Shot back to a memory from my ex-boyfriend when we were like 19, 20. I'd just moved down to Melbourne and um, it, I was getting a dress dry cleaned and I was at VCA that day and he was he went to go pick up his dress. That's nice. Um, in South Yarra mm. at this quite... Like, you know, that section of South Yarra that's near the domain still. So it, anyway, I used to work at a cafe there. It's quite a bougie area. It's a lot of older people that live there. It's very... It's one of those... It's not like the yuppie, trendy version of South Yarra. It's the very... Like, people have been there for years. People... It's the old money. Everybody fucking knows each other. Yeah, it's old money. It's all very... um, A well-loyed community. Anyway, this... That's... This dry cleaners was part of that. He was like an older guy that'd been there for a very long time, very well respected by everybody there. So I'm just a young 19-year-old girl that's moved into the area, what, like a year before or something. And my stupid boyfriend um, went to go (laughs) pick this dress up and... Uh, wouldn't pay for it or wouldn't he was like no this isn't done there's still stains on it you know you get stuff dry cleaned and sometimes you can't get stains out like that's what had happened this dress had been stained a long time ago or whatever like I don't think I had too much of an expectation that it would be completely 100% good anyway my boyfriend didn't realise that and I think also to let him off a bit more like he doesn't know. I think he probably was like, well, there's a stain in it. Like, had no idea that sometimes you can't get stains out. Like, yeah. was just like, the he hasn't done the job. were not managed. So, he was trying to stand up for me for you. Yeah. and with himself. With you not being there. With me not being there. <laughs> to be this, to, to this guy and was like, nah, that's, it's not good enough. And he yeah. went hard, 19-year-old boy, going hard at this man, yeah. being like, no, 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 you have to put it through again. Force yeah. him to put it through again. So, by the time I get there after, he's like, sorry, babe, couldn't pick up the dress. It was shit. I made him do it again. And I was like, oh, okay, so I'll come with you when we go pick it up the next time and um the man tried to explain look uh-huh, i'm really uh-huh. sorry blah 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 um but he still wanted us to pay because you know He'd whatever anyway yeah. my boyfriend at the time just and i went so staunch and like refused to pay took the dress we walked out and like, so we didn't pay this man he'd put it through twice and i i remember being so shocked because usually my boyfriend was very, like, he's a very calm, very chill dude, like, so chill, so calm, very friendly person. And to see him go so staunch on this guy was so surprising. And it was kind of like the only time he ever did anything like that. So it was definitely a one-off, like, random thing. But I, 
it was so funny because he was trying to, it was this idea of like trying to be tough and trying to be staunch and trying to um, stick up for something. But none of us, he didn't really realize what he was doing. <laughs> it was a bit ignorant. And then I also, and I felt so embarrassed afterwards. I was so embarrassed because I could see that this older man was like, what are these two young children doing trying to school me on laundry, like on how to dry clean stuff? I felt so embarrassed. And so now I look back on that and I'm like, oh God, I now hope that I'm not going to be in a situation like that again. But if I was, that I would then be able to stand up and be like, hey, calm down. Like, even though it's kind of diffusing yet again, but it's being like, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. To old boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that was a very random anecdote. Yeah, I'm sure that's what you thought you were talking about today, right? (laughs) When you were like, yeah, I'll go and do a podcast. Uh, Um, Are you working on something that you want to talk about? Something's in development. You just did a residency. Or? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the little residency I did just recently um, was solo. No, it was. Um, well, yeah, I did a sort of solo version just with some free space at um, Critical Path, which was really great. But went a little bit psycho, and then had Bree come in and was like, "Yay, Bree! Yay. Well, <laughs> Someone always. to dance with." Um, yeah. And that was awesome. And then I started working on it a bit more with Zach at um, Sydney Fringes. Um, what do you call it? Like head office at the 505. Um, and had a really fun time. So I'm sort of looking at the idea of endurance or, um, yeah, persistence. And, yeah, maybe both those things they're again synonyms of each other kind of (laughs) persistence and um yeah i saw they shoot horses don't they have you seen that it's a film from the 60s um by sydney someone and it is looking at the dance marathons that happened in the 1920s and 30s in america and they're literally um they were ticketed events for people to come and watch other couples dance literally till the end um it was literally just see who could dance the longest but dancing in this competition was like you just step tapping step tapping arms around each other um but people would be dancing for days like this in this movie this marathon goes for 42 days or something and it you know they have to eat standing up they shave and wash their faces standing up they get to sleep for two hours a day or i mean they get a break every two hours and then um, they must sleep at some point. That bit's a bit vague. But uh, anyway, these dance marathons used to travel around towns in America and just, you know, make money off the rich by exploiting the poor, mm. the age old. Um, it's hard to exploit the rich. Yeah, unfortunately. They got what they need already <laughs> and they take the rest. Um but yeah, really, really horrible. It's a great movie. Jane's oh, really young Jane Fonda's in it. Mm. And um, yeah, it's horrid. It's a really dark, horrid film because like there's this woman, that's pre- there's a couple who are pregnant and they're dancing constantly and they're, you know, at random times they make them do like, I forget what they call it, but um, they're like, okay, everybody, we're going to do this crazy thing to make you even more tired and everybody has to like basically run around the arena and the last three people to cross the line are just out. And, like, people are, like, struggling to even um, 
just keep their knees off the floor. Anyway, it's just this horrid idea of like enduring, enduring and keeping going and like, but why are we keeping going? It's kind of like life. <laughs> why do we keep going sometimes when it is um, difficult or whatever or just getting stuck in loops and how we can often get stuck in loops and that's what's holding us back and um, but also looping or the idea of a loop, which is a circle, is the cir- like we are just in a circle. <laughs> um, so there's no point questioning it, just keep going. Um yeah, I guess so that's kind of what I'm looking at and also with the idea of in particular with this movie but also with um dance marathons in general there's always like an MC who's like making the show go along and I I love the idea Are you going to have an MC in your show? I don't know. Oh, okay. But I do like their energy and mm. the, the the theatrics of that. I am I I love I think that's another thing when I say that I like commercial dance or something, well, the commercialized version of it or like musical theatre sometimes is how theatrical it can be mm-hmm. and how over the top it can be. And I am interested in a bit of that. So I'm that, that sort of um, bravado in performance is definitely coming out in the movement. Mm. Um, yeah, random... I've never done tap dancing, but I did Irish dancing for a long time growing up. <laughs> As part of your heritage? <laughs> well, I don't know. You kind of. Mum was like, you've got a bit of Irish in you. You can do some Irish dancing. After I got a scholarship or something when I was like seven, Whoa. it was like, you did really good at ballet. Here's a scholarship to do any class you want next year. Mum was like, Irish dancing for you. <laughs> what was on offer though? Um, Tap. Because uh, I already did ballet, contemporary and jazz. And okay. mum was like, tap and i hated the idea of tap yeah. so mum was like i was dancing <laughs> um which is fun and so a bit of hard shoe irish dancing came out <laughs> when wow. zach and i were dancing which is hilarious um and great yeah i this work is definitely like yeah something that is Definitely, it feels like there's like a, it's just a surging or a moving forward or trying to keep going um, and keep the show alive or keep the idea of like, it's all good and not only is it all good, it's great in the idea of the showing of being theatrical and over exerting the, um, the attempting of it, like it all... Yeah, okay. actually, that's kind of what I'm interested in seeing. I want—I don't know whether I'm going to be in it in the end, but it, I'd like to see the idea of—I'd um, like to see the dancers or performers attempting mm-hmm. and c- kind of failing mm-hmm. <laughs> to keep going. I imagine there's an aesthetic that you're imagining that in, though, because uh, did you see this Branch Nebula work last year called? No, I didn't see any of their work last year, but I think I know what you're talking about. <coughs> they they just did a different version of the Opera House, but it was in perform. It was in um, LiveWorks last year, where it was all. Um, it was just Lee Wilson attempting stuff that mm. was dangerous, basically. <laughs> um, but I imagine, I'm imagining that you're imagining something a lot much more similar to the. Um, Tankart kind of just keep going, just mm. keep going, exhaustion, aesthetic. Yeah, yes. 
but also not to yeah definitely I'm interested in the idea of exhaustion but not not but like you want the attempt and the effort to come from the endurance or you want the attempt and the effort to come from not yet being able to execute such a move because those are different things um the first one ah I see you don't just want someone who can't backflip to attempt a backflip. No, no, yeah, it's okay. more about... You want someone like to do, like, as many backflips as they can yeah. until their muscles don't respond anymore. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Okay. But I'm not sure whether, like, because when I say that I, yeah, I am interested in this idea of endurance, but I'm not interested into... I'm not, I don't think yet at the moment I'm interested in the idea of endurance until the point of um, actually seeing it fail. I think what I... I like to see, or what I'm interested in is seeing the overexertion or the over, um, I, I want to see people overwhelmed with too many things to do as a performer and how that can in itself can look exhausting. <laughs> Aren't you just going to put a new mother on stage or something? Because there's no one in, like, there's no role in our society more consistently overlooked and just yes. expected to carry on with the exhaustion of too many responsibilities. Oh, my gosh. Yes, another reason to not become a mother. <laughs> <laughs> well, or to, or to try and be lucky enough to have support around you mm. when it happens. Yeah, far out. I think... So you're not pushing people to... Well, these are my two experiences with this. First of all... If people are going through hell, the person who's decided that that's the thing that they should do should also be doing it alongside them, mm-hmm. is my opinion. Mm-hmm. Even with, um, what's her name that used to make all the dance films? Um, <laughs> you know, and she did all the, like, media... Uh, uh, it'll come to me. Anyway, someone will be like, you didn't know her name? The super famous... Um, anyway, so... <laughs> So that is that I think it's it's a bit whack to push people until you feel it as a viewer. Yeah. If you're not in different. it, feeling it as the performer. Yep. And also that the viewer feels it about three or four times after. Like the performer could could sprint in four circles around the stage and the viewer will feel the, the scale of the mm. endurance at 20 times. Mm-mm around the stage. Mm. That's that's my two shortcomings. But maybe I'm also just projecting my own lack of imagination upon what you're saying and the reason that you're dealing with it is because you'll get somewhere that other people haven't gotten before. No, I think um, I don't... I think maybe I need to find a different word than endurance because it's nice. not actually... I'm not really interested... I. It's more an overwhelming. I think that's more Ooh, what I mean. It's not okay, an endurance nice. of. I don't want to see. I don't want to see the exhaust. I don't want to see people piling on the floor after <laughs> watching them do a hundred jumping jacks. Like that's not interesting. Yeah, I think so too. Um, but I. It's just a. Um, what did you say? An exploitation of the poor by the wealthy. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> again, and again, and again. <laughs> um, and I'm just fucking adding to it. Um, no, I think it's more. Um, yeah, okay, good. I'm learning that endurance is not the way to sell this. In There's a work that I've been collaborating on called Fully Automated Human Touch, yes. and it's dealing with over-manufacturing, mm-hmm. like over-production, or endless production of food, and then dealing with like the fallout of 
completely mechanized food systems. But part of what we'd put in the show is there's edit an edit of a film of endless manufacturing of food and our measure of when there's enough is when you feel overwhelmed by the scale of that production. Mm. So I understand the that's how we got to fulfilling our desire for people to feel overwhelmed, overwhelmed. is with scale. Yeah, yeah. But industrial scale is is, is quicker to get there. Like you see 4,000 chips a minute coming out of a shoot or whatever, then you're yeah, really yeah. like, fuck, how many? Yeah. Why do we need that many chips? Mm. But then it's Christmas soon, so of course we need We, we, we absolutely <laughs> need that many. <laughs> we need pavlovas everywhere. <laughs> um, mm, yeah, I think... Then more so, yeah, what I, what I, it's the... Is it like a dehumanizing of scale or something? Or kind kind of, it's more like um, the overwhelming, overwhelming people or overwhelming a system or something. Yeah, overwhelming people and seeing then how they deal with that overwhelming mm. and trying to... Uh, Be, it's like being overwhelmed and trying to show that it's okay and that and it's it's all like I'm managing it being overwhelmed and trying to give off the impression that you're imagining that you're managing it sorry mm. is I think somewhat what I'm interested in because it's the idea of like the show must go on like that's a lame idea but yeah. what I mean by that is just the like we are carrying on we're simply carrying on even though it's all a bit much yeah how can we continue to yeah, I don't know. I think it's also maybe slightly like proximity. Did a very small showing um, at the end of that residency just for some friends. And there's a section where it's just sort of like um, rep- where it's sort of like a pattern of re- repetitive sort of jumping and walking and twisting and yeah, jumping, twisting, and walking, basically, <laughs> is what I'm going to call it. Yeah. Um, and because it was in quite a small room, it was on wooden floorboards, we were wearing runners. It was it was a very, like, the rhythm to what we were doing was, mm. um, people were commenting on that. They were like, oh, what felt grueling about it was hearing your breath and mm-hmm. hearing just the stomping of our feet on the floor. We weren't stomping. We were jumping. I mean, essentially, we were stomping. We weren't meaning to stomp. You know, I wasn't like, we weren't running around stomping, but we were jumping around, and I think that's proximity is something that helped it. Mm. So maybe that's mm-hmm. something to be kept. Hmm. Usually the overwhelm is only hinted at from the outside when the cracks start to appear. Mm. Like the show must go on from the outside should never have appeared that anything was out of the ordinary, right? To start with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like if the show does go on, then... And if it goes on as planned, is with like all the fail-safes and the backups and stuff like that. Mm. So I wonder how people will experience that people are overwhelmed without them... Knowing what it was supposed to be if they weren't looking yeah. overwhelmed or yeah. if they weren't... Or like what is the aesthetics of 
are looking, being over, looking, yeah, overwhelmed. looking overwhelmed. And is that why people just default to uh, fatigue? Um, because the version that I dislike seeing mm. is the circus setup mm. where like the the person who's about to do something incredible spends 15 minutes setting up all the apparatus in a very like trying to balance one thing and adjusting another thing and attending to another thing mm. and then that speeds up until suddenly they're upside down spinning a hula hoop and it's like holy shit but like that whole first 15 minutes of bad miming yeah <laughs> definitely puts me off yep and but there, but and then what is usually countered by that is uh, these choreographers that just have someone go and go and go mm. until there is no mind. There is just actual exhaustion that happens. Yeah. Um, but I wonder how how we can ever tell that somebody is overwhelmed, even in life. Yeah. Until shit falls apart. Mm. And what it and if you've got any insight through your research of the aesthetics of things falling apart or. Mm. Um, well, yeah, I think I don't know. Maybe it's toxic, but so slightly interested in the the teetering edge just before it all falls apart because it's still being balanced. You're still balancing it somehow on that. Um, it's. Yeah, it's like it's just before the bell curve of bad malts. <laughs> it's like just on the, t- you know, still managing to keep things running-ish. But yeah, as you say, it's a hard, it's... Um I'm just thinking about, in, in words, we know exactly what we're talking about, but in embodied aesthetic, I, I can't ima- yet imagine it. So I'm excited for what you develop and what you find. Mm. Me too. <laughs> so am I. Um, yeah. Because this is where I, f- where I see it most often used very effectively is in um, movies that have fight scenes or uh, movies that have uh, an event, like a sporting event or whatever, that is the culmination of the character's arc, mm. where... Are they going to make it? They're not going to make it, and then, and then they step up, and they could go either way. (laughs) It's funny you bring up um, movies because I was thinking actually dodgeball specifically. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, this piece is all about dodgeball, Um, and (laughs) we must go on to win. Um, I was thinking when I was walking here about. how I often enjoy when I'm watching performance or yeah, dance, how like I really enjoy sometimes when it feels cinematic. That's the only thing I'm ever going for. Yeah. <laughs> but isn't it interesting that I, because, you know, I've just been saying how, you know, important live, I haven't really said this, but what I kind of mean is that like live performance or live connection is yes. what is the most interesting yes. thing or like the most beautiful thing about watching dance in real life. Yeah, yeah. But that I'm now saying I like watching real life dancing in a cinematic frame, I, in, well, you know, which sounds weird because cinematic is not live. It is recorded and made in a particular way to edit, to frame it in a, 
anyway. C- cinematic is a scale that can be achieved more easily with the budget and the <laughs> um, resources and the medium of film. Mm. But live work that achieves cinematic feelings mm. is actually just transportative. It's, yeah, it's And so it's referred to as cinematic because everything is considered, the mm. lighting, the costumes, the breath, the close-ups, whatever. Like, you can choreograph a close-up yeah. in a way that you... Can, you can do that in live, yeah. on stage, by the way that you adjust all the other elements. Mm. Um, and in film, you just zoom the camera in yeah, like yeah. maybe by foot, maybe with a button. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the kind of th- what the theatre allows you, the way that the theatre allows you to make real life cinematic is the magic of theatre to me and is what I'm searching for. For sure. I think it took me actually a long time to admit that that's something that I was 100% interested in because of the little bubble that I was in in Melbourne. Um, I didn't want to say it. Yeah, well, I'm saying it. (laughs) Um, Were you accepted into the bubble? Because it helps if you're not accepted into the bubble. um, I don't know. I feel like I always... (laughs) um, appreciated what I saw and was interested in what I saw but knew that I wasn't the um, authentically the epitome of what is in that but like I don't see myself as mm-hmm. I never saw myself as really fitting the idea of maybe what is pedestaled in that community I mean so far for now for now and I were yeah and like even yeah just Perform like uh, theatrics and performance and lighting and sound and costumes sometimes can all be so rejected by so many people and seen as uncool. I'm talking a few years ago when I was a bit younger and more, um, more than a few years ago, just when I was like trying to figure out, I guess, what I found interesting and yeah. was, yeah, reala- realizing, thinking that like thinking I was like uncool and it wasn't good as a contemporary dancer to like lighting or not lighting but um to like setting things up that weren't just like oh can't you just enjoy like people improvising in a room it's like yes I can but I don't always want to pay to see that um (laughs) like because I like the theater and I I Mm. love I love the magic of theater and how Mm. like I was in a piece by um Michelle Heaven called In Plan uh it was at Melbourne Festival in, I don't know, 17 or 18. And it was incredible. It was such a fucking cool piece because of the magic of theatre. This we The audience, I'm kind of, oh, I didn't ruin it. Well, she's about magic, right? Yeah, and it's just, you, as an audience member, you like, you're led into this space, you kind of come upstairs, you lie down, mm. everyone's lying down in a circle, their heads are all in a circle, and you're looking up, and you watch the performance lying down, looking up. And we're beneath, anyway, it, we're, it, there's mirrors and there's trickery and people are really like, what the hell's going on? And it's fantastic. There's scene changes, there's set change, you know, it's, there's it. so much that what goes into production. It. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> She's a genius. It was, um, so lucky to be part of that. And it, I, yeah, for a long time I, I thought that, um, people weren't making, younger people weren't making or like interested in making things like that it was all a bit more like simple not well, maybe simple. they don't there's three things i'm going to offer <laughs> they don't know how mm. because it was not valued in the training yeah 
there is no budget yes. <laughs> for it. So if you want to get a workup ever, then it needs to cost nothing. Mm-hmm. And then thirdly, maybe they're just stuck on the No Manifesto. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But also, it, things are um, self-perpetuating mm. in a lot of ways. Luckily, in Sydney, I feel like no one gives a fuck. Mm. So you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's no accolades to win. No. That has been my experience. Yeah. And how I enjoy the freedom. Yeah. Of such a distributed city of dancers. Mm. That sounds cool. That sounds like you you have a vision for a world that people are going to step into. Yeah. I think it's more... Yeah, I don't exactly know what it's all going to be yet, but I definitely have the idea of an atmosphere that I think I want to create, which is the, yeah, the big thing. My favourite. Yeah, yeah, and that, yeah, like when I made, like, you know, sort of first time making a, at VCA, it was one of the first, I was the first year that they asked, like, third years to make a piece on the younger kids as part of, like, your grad season, Um and, like, I loved, you know, the, the amount of smoke in the room was really important to me <laughs> because of the way that the light hit and the way the yeah. movers were mov- yeah. the, moving through that. And, yeah. you know, I remember a lot of people at that time or even after, like, you know, for dance to rely on smoke and music and uh, lighting like that is a, it is a fail, is, is failing in mm-hmm. your choreography because mm-hmm. you can't portray that through choreography but i i love it i love being like it's an imagine addition someone, choreography. that is part that, that is, is the choreography. choreography like imagine if someone told kubrick they're like Ugh, <laughs> for you to need a set what kind of film <laughs> are you making yeah yeah they're all for you, you know, to need moving parts tons of blood to fall out of the elevator in that <laughs> scene what yeah what are you relying on i would say fuck the haters but i would also say if I'm looking anywhere for dancing that is so much enough within itself without needing lighting, costume, whatever, the rest, la la, smoke, mm. then I would say it is not on stage. That the kind of dancing that is inspiring the hell out of me is like pansula and break dancing and Afro beats. Like it is these dance forms that mm. are done by and with and for each Those, other. Yeah. Um, wherever they can get together. Mm. Like when people meet down at ICC in Sydney here and they Mm. just jam with their crew, Mm. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that is where the dance innovation is happening focused solely on the bodies Mm. and the movement and what is the potential. But when you're in a theatre, that theatre is now a resource so that that you can uh, platform, highlight, transcend transform um assist in the suspension of disbelief yeah i so i did a showing of fully automated human touch on gold coast with my collaborator marinda davies and that's how we started the room was filled with smoke awesome. <laughs> you walk in I love like, it. it's like it's supposed to be otherworldly right yeah smoke's one of the best things for another world absolutely you just reminded me actually of someone that 
I find inspiring that I've forgotten oh. the name of, though. Oh, okay, How, where? What we a dickhead's that? His name's there. Oliver. You know, you know, oh, yeah. everyone knows uh, him. Uh, um, Elisa, Ellison, El... Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah, the light guy. The light guy, <laughs> yeah. The light guy. Yeah, and you walk into that yellow room and there's just no other colours. Yeah. And then suddenly the shadows and your nose hairs Incredible. become blue. Incredible. Yeah. I, the first thing I saw of his was like on a school trip to the Art Gallery of New South Wales in year 11 or 12 and seeing the, I've forgotten what the piece is called, but it's basically just rain in a black room and you right. see a rainbow. That's basically <laughs> it. You just walk around and I was like... Oh I think I god. cried probably. Right? You know? I was like, Oh my god, this is amazing. <laughs> this is fucking awesome. Um Yeah, but he creates awesome things. So does um actually is it I don't remember her last name. Um just had a piece installed it was at Carriageworks just recently, Rochelle someone. Yes. Haley, yeah, something hey H A something. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Rochelle Haley. Mm. Yeah, beautiful, playing with light. Yeah, I think I like light. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? How dare you want to light your dances? Yes. I did a, sh- a duet like ten years ago with Miranda Wayne, who's yeah. very inspiring dancer in Sydney yes and Guy Harding was our lighting designer and I was like okay mate we just want I just want to see like the tops of our shoulders most of the show and he's like oh fuck I've got these lights that I can borrow from Sydney Dance Company and I'll install and I'm like yes yes, yes. Yes." Uh, and and it was a magic thing whereby what I what it looked like on the video because I was in it so I didn't see it live Mm. was it looked like um, the the v- viewer watched what I wanted them to watch. Mm. Yeah, and great. Was not watching for the shit that was not important that yeah. I had to bring with me, like my feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Do you have hangouts about your feet? No, because I didn't train in ballet. <laughs> I because I have because ballet is a foot fetish it wrapped a in a fetish. dance doctrine. Oh, it is. <laughs> it is. Nobody else watches feet. Everybody else I watches do hands because and of face. it. I fucking watch feet because I hate my feet so much that I now love. Other, like I have a foot fetish because <laughs> because of ballet <laughs> making like, me be like, oh, my oh, feet are so wow, shit. shit. No, my feet are so good because they get me from here to there. Yeah, of and course. Then I need to love them. I need to love them more. When I want to lift somebody or when I want to jump somewhere, they just. Mm. Do it. They when do I it. Throw myself in the air. They just catch me. That's amazing. Yeah, I need to speak more lovingly to my feet. Love you for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they carry me everywhere. No, I think what I was interested in that duet and collaborating with Miranda was our decision making about where to make contact with each other for whatever lift could be invented in that moment, and so that's about watching. That's about making it so that the audience watches our eyes, our faces, our hands, and then making that contact. Because to watch a performer make a decision is part of the choreography to me. If all the decisions are already made, then it's a rerun. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, making decisions on stage is awesome. I just thought about a really cute moment in the PPY show the other day when I was like, oh, you're naughty, but these two dancers really just shared a really cute smile oh, when yeah. they were on stage yeah. together. I was like, ah, that's so cute. Yes, yes. this is your yeah. graduating season. That would be the best feeling, like yeah. giving your best year smile yeah. during the show. I was like, naughty though. <laughs> I caught you, but cute as. And real. Yeah, it was really cute. More than cute. It was nice. Cute's patronising. Yeah, let's take a break or finish. Yeah. Which one? <laughs> let's take a break and see if that means we're finished. Okay, let's take a break. <laughs> and we're back. Let's finish or start to finish or start again <laughs> with, with hearing what your questions are. Like I have... I have questions at the moment because there are things that I think that I want, but I'm not sure if I know enough to know that I want those things. But it's a feeling that you need to... It's like I have become aware of my ignorance around this thing, so I can't yet dismiss it as resolved. I can't stamp it, move it on. It's like, oh, I've got to talk to people who know more than I do about this. Mm. Or just like I've been offered a way to understand something and then I look at that, uh, framework and I think this is this is leaving things out or this is not speaking to my experience of this thing and so it needs more time on it yeah. like when you were talking about um, feeling boss that feels like that's going to s- slip over into feeling boss enough that you can make a cinematic live dance performance <laughs> and then also feeling boss enough that you can approach knowing what it is that you want from the luck that you had to inherit Vietnamese ancestry. Yeah. Um, Cause there's no, there's, there's no rule book about what to do with any of the things that we inherit. Mm. There's just opinions. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> lots oh, of man. opinions. Lots and of lots opinions. of other people's agendas that are maybe not our agendas. But, yeah, I'm interested in your questions. Mm. Um, this isn't really a question, but more of just a... I don't know, maybe like a musing, it's just like, it's so, it makes me laugh or feel endearing towards the plight of humans in how we are so pathetic in <laughs> in trying to find like who we are and what, what we're here for and... Um, Because there is so much to consider and think about in order to find clarity in that. But why do we need to find clarity in it? Perhaps because we want to understand and feel like we belong to something that we can, that is tangible. Um, And, you know, am I using, will I use my interest in dance and moving into you know, to find out more about myself and is that just a really weird social um um selfish 
investigation through self fangirl dance <laughs> like through like I'm going to get a grant for this work to find out more about myself. Well, yeah, politically, <laughs> if I did it, that would be indulgent. But if you did it, it would be... Oh, I don't know. I think it's still pretty damn indulgent. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I would propose that if art is for anything, it's to ask the questions that we have un- as yet unresolved in a way where we might not even yet know the question mm. and in a language or medium or form that is not literary-based or is not science-based mm. and that there's an, uh, this other, other form which we call art and it is for sense-making. Mm. Yeah, sense-making. And is, that yeah. the act of making is the act of thinking. Yeah. It's not... Uh, the production is a side effect. Yeah. Sense making. <laughs> I like it. Sen- yeah. Sense seeking. Sense seeking. <laughs> Sensory. Yeah. Seeking sense through sensation. Mm. Um. Oh, it's hard to formulate clear questions that I am. driven by that's half the work mm. I would say formulating a clear question not not I invented I've heard <laughs> said many times by many more um, intelligent and like people of previous generations as well that if you know the if you know the question you're halfway to the answer because mm. you can you can at least know something about what it is that you're seeking mm. Yeah. Um. I know I'm probably only like ten percent there because I can't even <laughs> think of the. <laughs> <laughs> Right now. Yeah, of course. Sorry. I have a question about how we can recenter ourselves within the Asia Pacific rather than constantly thinking of ourselves as being remote (laughs) (laughs) from Europe or from America. Yeah. Uh, That's my ongoing question. Um,. I also have a a question about how to be how to feel like how to acknowledge that I am not um, what do I mean so that's one question which is still a big one. Who knows how we get there? I think I would answer the... If we're here for anything, what are we here for? Question with maybe just sense, sensation-seeking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
And then you just pick some of what you think are the most noble sensations like achievement and realization and shit like that. And then some of the other ones that you just can't help, like love. And then you're just like, okay, well, we are here to do those things because that is what humanity can be for itself and each other and for the non-human. God, it's hard living. (laughs) Just thinking, like, because I I see the, you know... um, I see a lot of the beautiful things that human that we do with and for and alongside each other mm. as the ways to deal with living. Mm. Nice. Which, but that sounds it's quite sad because we're just trying to deal with life, you know. Which is also awesome because you know the ways we yeah. find the way the ways we can deal with life and have yeah. to adapt to things. Dancing uh, is a way incredible. to deal with life. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think so. Yeah. It's, it's definitely one way incredible. to deal with having a body. Mm. You have to deal with having a body. You have to deal with living in a community. You have to deal with the mortality. It's a, yeah. I think dancing is a great answer. Yeah. I think it's... It, Maybe what I feel strongly about in in terms of what I meant with like if everybody dances there you know we'd all be better but like it just that to me dancing is such a human it's so human mm. it's inherent it is like has been part of living mm. forever even if we couldn't didn't have the mental capacity to yet understand that that's what it was that we were enjoying mm. and that that has been so lost as mm. as um, as a part of as a core part of community in most c- communities um, you know many communities have been able to keep it alive and it is thriving and it's amazing and incredible but um like, yeah, why isn't, why, I mean, you know, we had, someone was telling me the other day that um, they are teaching, their high school doesn't yet have a dance program, but she, so she's the head of English, but she also teaches dance to the, like, year seven and eights as kind of like a mandatory thing, but, like, the school I went to was just, like, a regular old public school, but had a, um, we had a dance program and so it was mandatory in year seven and eight and then year nine, ten, you know, it becomes an elective. But this school doesn't have any of that. Um, they're just trying to start off with maybe a little bit of dancing for them. And she was just saying it's, um, you know, a lot of the kids act up and whatever, but it, she's like, I try to really use it as a time for them to just be centered and understand that they're in a body. And she's like, I always, like, I start with a bit of yoga, we do some improv, I teach them some things and then we finish with 10 minutes of meditation. Um, and I was like, yes, like, yeah, fucking yes, yes. Like, that's awesome. Like, so great that she's trying to implement that in a school that doesn't yet have the uh, structure of mm. giving it as a proper subject or whatever, mm. but to at least give the opportunity to, even if these um, kids don't, even if this is their only interaction with it, at least this is the interaction they're getting. Like, that's awesome. It's so important to, like, settle bodies down and settle the mind down at that age. Um. It's, yeah, it feels like I, 
mean, I bloody loved dancing when I was at school and I loved it, but I still even reckon that because it was, you know, at that young, at a sort of young, boisterous age, everybody's trying to impress each other, I still didn't fully relax into dance class when I was there and let alone the people that didn't like dancing, like the poor things, would have felt so awkward and horrible in their bodies. So I can understand why it, it's not a great class for, for everybody and how people could be um, traumatised by it. But, yeah, I don't know. I think... That's not really a question, but I, I, I have I, I feel strongly about if people want to and if they're open enough to find a way to have a relationship with their body, mm. then dance is a fucking great way to do it. Mm. Anything any other revolutions that you want to incite? <laughs> uh, um people not to worry about how beautiful their point is <laughs> that plagued me for a long time but now I'm bringing it up people will watch my feet and I'll see how bad they are <laughs> wow oh god I need to not stress about that just replace it with stressing about something else <laughs> of course <laughs> I mean climate can't we stress about climate oh no Collectively. I um Actually, that's a question. I am curious to see how I can find a way to bring text into performance or into work that I can make because I am really interested when... I, I enjoy seeing sort of dance theatre work, but I think it's extremely hard to do and it can so often be fucking awful. Um to just randomly bring text in Mm -hmm. it's so hard Mm -hmm. to do well Mm -hmm. and I would I would like to find a way to maybe do it in my own work and I would like to perform in works that have text in it more to get a better grasp of how to Mm. do it because it's interesting and talking is yeah text can be so great Mm. (laughs) and I love the idea of acting I think even though I don't like watching it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm. I think when Joshua Thompson and I were presenting a duet that we made in Brisbane, there was a bit of text that came in. There had been text already over the loudspeaker, but then there was a section halfway through where Josh had some text and then later I had some text. And I felt like he did it really well. And I don't know if this was his internal dialogue, but it felt like the text was the bubbling over of what we had just done rather than um, some some like replacement or excuse to not go there physically or something. Yeah. And I felt like whenever I am feeling a bit contrived in movement, I stop and return as I let myself only do the movement that I'm not actively doing like the autonomic movement which is breath mm. and if I breathe and then just let that turn then just turn the volume up on that that eventually becomes a rhythm that is real it's just been made bigger mm. and so I don't have to worry about the feeling of contrivance and I think that that same thing can come from text is that you are expelling the air of the breath that you're naturally breathing mm. But 
but then also my lines were not script they were they were like extensions of and reinforcement of a physical state that I was in yeah so maybe that was that was a help as well because I didn't have to bring anything else to it I just had to be in the state yeah, you didn't have to be improvising any amazing script off the top of your head <laughs> no I mean the lines were I've got it it's right she'll be right mate it's all right I've got it nah yeah <laughs> awesome I but I'd it. been hanging from a, a like a steel girder for a few minutes <laughs> and so right. like shooting pains had gone through my body already and I like, oh could drop God. to the floor oh I hate it and so I didn't have to do anything the body did it yeah, yeah. so I think there's an intelligence that is read through that yeah alongside yeah yeah it's the same with music like I'm not going to put on WAP if it's not right, if it hasn't, like, if all the elements aren't working together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to either counterpoint or support. <laughs> but hopefully one day they will. <laughs> <laughs> You'll find a way to bring I'll it find in. A way. <laughs> I hope to be there. That's good. Any, uh, any mic drops you want to finish with? Ah, oh, can't. Don't worry. Tell me later. <laughs> Just text it to me and I'll get Siri to read it out okay. on the podcast. Yes, Siri. Siri is a man's voice on mine, though. So oh, you will, you cool. Like is it an English man's voice? Australian. Bruce, I believe. Bruce, <laughs> get it, Bruce. I trust Bruce to really give the right amount of you know enthusiasm behind whatever I say later on. <laughs> Great. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me.